Hello, everybody. My name is Asif, and I'm here with Rohit and Lucky for another episode of Ay, 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 Ay. <laughs> We're on a Wednesday in the middle of the week. We want to get pumped up and get ready for the future and stay informed about the future through data literacy, through AI literacy, any literacy you can think of that will prepare you for the future. And today, we have our bright hopes of the future, uh, Rohit. Uh, he's going to talk about his so many experiences that mind boggled me since I've known him. Uh, and, and I'm hoping that he will shine some lights on some of his experience and we can incorporate machine learning AI into it. So, Rohit, you start with AI, AI, AI. How do you say it? AI, 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 AI. Yeah. That was good, but you got you got to hear like a tone like. Ay, 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 ay. <laughs> right, let me try again. Ay, 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 ay. <laughs> there you go. There you go. Excellent. Yeah, but, but you know, let, let it let it flow, my friend. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, thanks for the introduction, Asif. Uh, I'll let me introduce myself. So I'm Rohit Dharmadakari. Uh, I'm from Delaware. I go to school in the University of Arizona, and I'm studying economics. Uh, I was really interested in cybersecurity field when my like the past two experiences when I was an IT analyst as Mr. Car Wash, and then I realized after being in a car wash, I was like, man, people don't know anything about technology. Like, I think one of the worst experiences I've had or the funniest experiences was I had to reset a printer in a different location, and the person just didn't put the printer paper in, and I like went through the system, like logged like resetted the entire system and then and i made sure i was like hey did you put printer paper in he was like yeah everything looked right on my end so i was like are you sure there's nothing he goes is there supposed to be printer and i'm like yes there's supposed to be printer in this so <laughs> that was my experience with i like it and cybersecurity, and that's when i kind of fell in love with it because i was like maybe this is not for everyone but this is for me because i realized that not everyone is on the same page No, you're exactly right. You're exactly right. And, and we have to be there for the middle, you know, the, to bridge that gap for the, the individuals. In some cases, they just they need just a little bit of help, you know, and that uh, technology, for some reason, is easier for others than it is for some. And I'm glad that you're there for us. You know, rock on. Yeah. And I mean, the biggest I guess the biggest thing in my school, and I always tell the uh, students because I'm a TA as well, is stop being on like instead of being on social media like learn about it and then go go on it because it relates to cybersecurity and it and some students like say thank you to me some students just don't listen to me because i mean we're even born with phones so it's can't really do anything about it yeah it's the it's the literacy's perspective right do you go to school to get educated or do you go to school to find a job right uh, two different ideas. Uh, so, so perspective matters. So, when when it comes to data literacy, it's like you know, is this data for me to steal or is it data for me to use? Right? Um, stealing data and using data is two different topics. But uh, a lot of the corporation, a lot of the organizations, a lot of the individuals, uh, well, we all have a different sort of perspective when it comes to how we approach uh, anything in life, but especially with some of the technologies that we have, because they. Uh, when we turn on TV, somebody of, say, you know, AARP age, 50 plus, right? They turn on TV. They don't think TV as an IoT device. They don't think TV yeah. is a 
Internet of Things because they're using Netflix as they as they're watching TV. Uh, they're not thinking much of everything that's happening around them. Even the surrounding is changing. They're not thinking Netflix as an IoT. They don't think uh, uh, fridge as an IoT, or they're not thinking uh, the washer and dryers being IoT. So, so they have a different perspective of it, right? So, even as they're using this, they're not understanding it, right? And there's a bridge between using and understanding, because once you understand something, you have better trust in it. And that's what we try to do in this podcast, where we try to build a bridge of trust between the users and developers, right? Um, many layers of developers, many level of users. But if we can bring that user experience and understanding of that experience, combine that together, maybe bring that uh, a bridge a little bit closer, we build more trust in it, right? Um, and of course, me being an AI advocate, my biggest fear, not that AI will go rogue and AI will do all the crazy things like Will Smith and robots and fighting each other. Not going to happen, not in my opinion. Uh, but in my opinion, the fearful thoughts that I have, which is to say, if you develop an AI and there's no trust behind it, it will not be utilized as much as it should be because it's enabled to scale an AI and able to sustain that AI for future usage. Um, we'll have to develop a trust, and that trust is very important. Um, yeah, like like you know, you mentioned somebody in the social media uses social media but doesn't understand social media. You you come to a different conclusion, and when your trust is broken, it 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 rapidly goes down the hill, right? But if you understand it, you actually try to build up on that trust. It's like okay, all right, hold on, I give it a little, I, I'll give you a break, I'll give you a break. So Facebook has have had about 18 breaks in the last 18 years because they trusted and they, they, they've they taken advantage of your trust so often. Um, they're still, you know, lingering around, uh, with their social media platform. But as you see, other platforms are coming into the town, like TikTok, uh, you know, of course, Instagram is part of Facebook. But all the social media, range of social media usage you have, uh, users not understanding how that platform works their ability to leave that platform overnight, uh, it just becomes easier because you have no trust. Why even stick around, right? If you have to leave, you leave. So when you see people going towards TikTok in a drove that, you know, no other social media platform have seen um, since the inception of what? Uh, Friendstar, right? Friendstar was one of the first social media. MySpace, before MySpace. MySpace. Uh, <laughs> so, I, you know, they leave. Not- they leave very fast because they don't have the trust. Well, well, I have a question for you. You know, us, like uh, the older generations, um, and as I'm, I'm in my 40s, right? I, I, I think about privacy because it, it started to grow when, as government gets more into governing, um, you have individuals like myself that are that are that don't want to be governed, and so privacy becomes. A big thing and i've we've watched it kind of our privacy just kind of erode with the internet so people of your generation they're used to seeing you know they're desensitized when it comes to because all these technologies all these platforms were just a way of getting out do you see privacy being an issue with your generation like do they care uh i honestly have had this conversation with many people and no they don't care it, it's kind of sad because I mean, I grew up with a phone. I think, I mean, my first phone wasn't a smartphone, but it was like, I grew up when I was younger with like a smartphone, but like 
people don't realize like how much information you're actually putting yourself on the internet and they don't realize like now with all the, how much data that's been like that they have they know more about us than we know about ourselves they know like for example like when we're um go like when we wake up what what's our first app so that's why when you like go down on your like scroll down your iphone it gives you suggestions because it reads your it reads how your patterns are and not many people in our like our gen like my generation really think about that they just care hey it's a new social media app it's a new thing let me just use it to stay like on the trend but what is the trend i think at some point it's like for example like i'm i know i sound a little biased like i'm a digital minimalist which means i don't really use social media a lot like i have instagram and snapchat but i, I don't have it on my phone uh i hate tiktok will never use tiktok in my life not a twitter fan all i do is i text and I, like everyone calls me an old head because like my three biggest things are text call and facetime i hate everything else because it's like that's the most simplest way of communication in my opinion plus like i can send i can do everything i can do on social media like i can send photos to people i can send like for example snapchat i can just send photos to people and like have a caption like by text and I just don't think that people in my generation actually think about that. They just think about like, we're just, they just want to follow trends because like, for example, if you think about trends, like the, like when the sneakers came, like when the sneakers trend came out, no one really cared about like the price of the shoe. They just cared. Hey, I want to be popular. But we're kind of falling into the same thing with social media. It's like, if you don't have this, you're not popular. Like for example, now, and we have a new, um, there's a new app called be real, which is a competitor of Snapchat. And now everyone is getting onto that. But if they read like the data, um, like the privacy and stuff like that, they really like, you'll actually understand what information is getting taken out, but they don't really want to think about that. And it's, it's really sad because at some point it's going to, it's going to turn against us. And that's why like, I don't have TikTok because I don't really trust a lot of like the stuff. Like the, um, I read the um, terms and conditions and I just didn't really like yeah. their terms and conditions. Yeah. Yeah. The terms and conditions are scary. If you actually sit there and read it. <laughs> Oh my yeah. gosh. Not only can I connect to your phone, I'm going to connect to your computer. I'm going to connect to everything. <laughs> I own you yeah. at that point. Yeah. That, that, I feel the same way about zoom as if thinks that we, we joke because our platform has struggled because of me. Uh, zoom is an open platform. It works great for many. But for me, I'm anti-Zoom, and we had to use it last week. But, the, you know, I, there's some technologies that you already know how they work, and you already understand um, the, how vulnerable they put you. And so you have an utterance for you, like, all right, I'm not going to have it. I already know that I'm not going to allow that type of, you know, service or application around me. Because I already know at one point, you know, I'm opening myself up, and if, if you're concerned, then great. Some people don't care at all whatsoever. So it, it's, 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 it's refreshing to hear someone from your generation is actually concerned about their privacy. Cause I really see, you know, it's just desensitizing people don't know. And, and not, I'm not going to get into religion or anything like that, but there's a way that you can kind of feed people information and they think it's the norm. And as you get raised in this technology world, people don't understand that, the norm is maybe something that could be, you know, taking their, their rights, their privacy, taking their information without them even knowing, and they don't care, you know, and say they, you know, people out there just aren't aware. 
And when you're talking about like the news, um, do you mean like, for example, with the new like social media outlets, you can like post like news that may not be true. And I've seen it's all over. Like I've seen this more on TikTok and Twitter than anything else. But like they're posting their opinions, but they make it sound like it's a news, so people actually agree with that. So sa- that's a that's a sad a statistics that we just came up with, right? That now instead of Google search, people are searching in TikTok, and one out of four, excuse me, one out of five things that people are searching has false information in it, right? So it's it's a very condensed amount of information. Uh, for a, a user that's on the phone and they see maybe 10 articles if they search on TikTok. And out of 10, you know, if there's two falls or eight falls, um, it's going to be a sad state of affair because what we talked about before TikTok, we said we were already divided as far as information goes. Because you you hear people from the other side, right? And he said like, what? Like, I don't understand that. Like, whatever you understand, I'm not understanding that at all. Like, I, I just, I can have communication with you and hi, hello. But after that, our dialogue doesn't really go far because the rest of it, I don't understand, even though we're speaking the same language, right? It's the information bubble that you create with social media. Now that the social media platform that you are utilizing is not owned by the Chinese government, but literally is regulated by the Chinese government. And that has been proven over and over because uh, BuzzFeed and all these other people that have spied on Twitter, uh, on the TikTok boardrooms, they were able to find out that there's information that the Americans are uh, not privy to understand, right? They, they don't know that their user action is being sent to China, Chinese, Chinese government, for Chinese government to understand how to manipulate and create a bigger bubble inside of a country that doesn't necessarily have to be U.S. You can control many other countries by these bubbles. So let's say, for example, Philippines, right? Um, Philippines have this uh, island nationality mentality where their bubbles are vicious. So when you look at you know, the d- division between people in the U.S. and the 50 different states, you can only imagine in a smaller island nation what could happen when you have divisive information splitting the national and uh, the communities apart uh, with two different sets of ideas. So they're communicating using the same language, but they're over-talking each other because the bubble is so different, right? Um, so terms and conditions, oh, man, I, 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 I look, I'm all for terms and conditions because I, there's a joke about uh, in Family Guy where they talked about terms and conditions that said, like, you know, you didn't read the terms and condition, but at one point somebody will come up to you and punch you in your face and you have to be okay with that because you you, <laughs> hit, you hit I agree button, right? Without exactly. reading the terms and condition. So I, I, look, terms and condition is a, a an issue, but the, the issue that gets even more massive is because this ability for an organization to create a psychological operation, right? Uh, within the user community, right? And and I don't have to go overseas to talk about TikTok. I don't have to talk about mm-hmm. a Chinese company. I can talk about Facebook. Facebook has done uh, a, a, a A and B testing using uh, users' ability to maintain their uh, emotional well-being, right? Yeah. So they literally apologize, of course. Like I said, 18, 18 times they have apologized for all the evil shit that they have done. Um, wow. Yeah, they 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 apologize. Said that you know we fed the user knowingly emotional content, as in angry content, contents that will make you cry, contents that will make you giggle, contents that will make you feel certain ways. 
So they did an A and B testing to figure out like what works on people. And, and, and these people didn't sign a terms and conditions to say like, from now on, you will test on me and I'll be okay with that testing. Feed me all the contents that makes me rage out, right? Feed me all the contents that are like, you know, just super violent, right? Feed it to me, man. Feed it to me. <laughs> they did not have that option. Facebook did it on their own. They pick and choose people and they fed them the content over and over and just to see how they react, just to see how long Facebook can continue with this kind of research. Messing with people's ability to make decisions, right? Um, with all that being said, I just want to point out the fact that these are powerful tools that are being utilized uh, uh, against a community or against you know individuals. But it could be also on the other side that you use this tool to be more powerful, right? So those are powerful tools that are just not like, oh, he owns it, she owns it, or they own it, right? If you use this tool, that means you also have part ownership to it because now you can use those tools to empower yourself. Mm-hmm. How do you go about it requires some uh, self-discipline, I would say, uh, because like you said, Rohit, you don't use a lot of the social media platform. Even though you're a user, you stay away from it. You, you do the abstinence, right? You stay away from the t- social media uh, until you need to use it here and there, right? But don't get bogged down by it on a daily basis. You have the power over it. But you have to use those power in order to empower yourself, not empower somebody else, right? Um, and, and artificial intelligence and machine learning, this is a podcast about AI and machine learning. These are crucial, crucial importance of understanding, right? If we were to develop an AI product, if we were to develop any sort of uh, machine learning tools that are powerful, that we as an organization can utilize, but the users don't understand it, don't see it, or don't feel comfortable with it, or have these misperceptions or good information that is, you know, pretty much evil, right? Um, they will not trust your AI product. They will not trust your machine learning product, right? Uh, yeah. It could cause an organizational issues because, you know, whatever trust you have built so far, and all of a sudden you have this machine learning platform that's taken away that trust, um, do you really want to invest all the money into it, right? Um, yeah. A lot of questions here. Not a whole lot of answer, but I do want to point out the fact is these are powerful tools for people to use. And if people use it to empower themselves, great. Otherwise, it, it, they're just being used, right? If, if, you're, if you're in a freemium, you are the product. You're not yeah. using the product. If you're mm-hmm. in a freemium market and using the freemium apps, you are the product. They're just researching on you. They're using your data. They're using you in many ways to you know, uh, embolden their databases. And speaking of databases, you know, we've talked about, we mentioned this several times, you know, the depending on what you're trying to build, the algorithm or the machine learning or the AI you're trying to build, it's all depends on the data. You know, that you're, you're, what you're trying to build is only going to be good as a data date, you know, garbage in garbage out. So kind of on that note, you know, you, 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 there's ways of collecting data. And I think you've had some experience on special data collections. And I, and I think everyone would like to know more about, you know, some of the things you've done in the past with like, uh, uh, data collections, like, uh, vitals and things like that. What, what type of experience do you have? I know you had something interesting we talked about earlier. Can you give us some background on how that works and, and what you did in the past? Uh, yeah, 
So um, if you're talking about the biotech health one. Yes, uh, yes. So basically what the product was, it's called a um, biostabilizer, and it's basically implant, uh, implemented into your back. And they're able to see what in your back goes is wrong. So how they do that is they basically data. Like they run a bunch of experiments, which is kind of like data, and then they filter it out, and they say, okay, I, I'm not too f familiar with anatomy of like your back. So like, for example, <laughs> the vertebrae is like an L5 or like an L4. L6, like, L4, oh, yeah, right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so for example, if my L5 is um, not like, go, like working properly, this this product would basically run a bunch of tests saying like if i if a certain amount of pressure is um put into like the left section compared to the right section what like what side is actually going to uh feel worse than left or right and it kind of takes away it, it like helps for example like um let me give i'm a, like a tennis player and i'm i work with a athletic trainer on my shoulder they do it like by hands like they'll shield like my trainer will be able to figure out Where's my injury? By just trying to point it out. But this product is will is removes the need of that person and just goes through a bunch of data, a bunch of experiments to see what is going wrong. And they're using this product for um they're trying to sell it to like hospitals and stuff because it's at this point like biotech and like biotech is going to be and like I said ag tech in the, like past but, like biotech and ag tech is going to be one like it's starting to come up more and more. It, it already has, but it's like these new things because machine learning and like, because of like, where, um, like AI able to get a lot of like data more than we're able to even like comprehend this, these products will revolutionize like how we go to basically a, like a normal doctor. If I would go to a normal doctor, they just had to put the product on my back. All they have to do is just read the data. They don't even have like, they don't have to like actually like examine me anymore because they're like, Hey, this is, the data tells me this and typically more like with more data, it, it's more right because we have a human bias. Wow. I, I've seen so much of that where they're using AI to identify error rates and identify um, ways of helping people um, or identifying cancer. And then with this, this now this being able to, to identify areas because my back is killing me right now. <laughs> <laughs> Man, I tell you, I've had problems with my uh, uh, T L. I don't know between my shoulders, whatever that's that. Whatever yeah. that <laughs> I've had so many problems, and so man, that not not that okay. Doctors are not going to ever be one of those things that you can just dismiss, and yeah. nursing is one of those other things. But to have an AI that can help you help people faster, because I think the back has always been the kind of the question mark for doctors, because you know you got doctors and then you have um chiropractors right these are the guys that the, the pop specialists that say okay you got a problem i'll pop you in certain ways boom you're good and then you know some of that thing some of that stuff i think is maybe it's i don't want to i don't want to offend anyone but at the end if you're a chiropractor but some of it you know you don't know if it's actually going to help you or if it's, you're going to need some kind of medical procedure or if they just you know they they hide it with pills or they they figure out a way to, to ease the pain either way the back is a very difficult thing to work on and to hear that biotech and they're saying you know what now we're doing ai and figuring out patterns that i've been identifying ways to um identify things problems with your back easily you know more readily than they were before is amazing that's that's fantastic and 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 that's today right yeah. that's actually working today 
Mm-hmm. Wow. Wow. To go on your note with the chiropractors, I honestly go to a chiropractor because I like getting my bones popped and it sounds cool. That's all. <laughs> I know, right? But, but if you had some statistics behind it to say, like, for my age, for my range of nationality or, you know, I was not, not that's not the word, not the nationality, but, like, for ethnic background for myself, like, what's our body structure like? You know, how does it work for us? So, you know, Ancestry.com, uh, 21andMe, and all these other genetic companies that are, that are researching these and taking in all this information, they're able to give you a statistics behind, you know, what sort of body frames do you have? Like, what's the strength in your bones? Like, what's your, uh, what, what's your deficiency in your body that might not fit the groceries that you go to and eat your food from, right? Uh, or sort of fast food place that you go to, how do they affect your body versus the body of somebody who's not from your ethnic background? So, so there's a, lots of variables that you have to work with in order to provide that statistics and that, that data that has to be very accurate with least amount of bias, right? Um, uh, Good amount of bias, but I guess the it has to be very well crafted, right? Um, long story short, lots of data, lots of algorithms, and then have the ability to have the right type of people engaged in it. Somebody who can say all the L fives and L six in a uh, <laughs> in a short sequence, but have it right compared to me and you. Uh, we don't we don't know much about our back, even though we live with one all of our lives, right? Um, we know more about the bottom of the ocean than we know about our brain. We don't know much about <laughs> our body, you know? We, we yeah. know more about places under the ocean that we have never been to, but we live with a body and we know very little about it. And and one of the things that will build trust in technology and medical um, uh, treatment is that having the statistics of saying like, okay, for, mm-hmm. for your particular uh, DNA and, and ethical... Uh, Ethical. Oh my God. I cannot talk today. Sorry. Uh, ethnic background, you know, these are the sort of things you have. Yeah. These are the sort of yeah. things you have to be aware of. Now, in general, you have these sort of um, uh, deficiencies, or this is the sort of things that, that are strong in your body that, you know, you might not need to take vitamin D because vitamin D is not lacking in your body like some of the yeah. other uh, uh, ethnic background will have missing from their body. Yeah. Uh, or say it's very lacking. You know, you need to have these kind of things. Like for me, I have cholesterol, not because I ate bad food, which I do eat bad food, but because of my ancestry, right? My ancestry yeah. gives me cholesterols that I cannot help. I've had bad cholesterol since I was 21 years old, you know? <laughs> um, so I, I'm ranting on about all these topics here is because it's it, it builds a trust again, right? It's machine learning, it's AI that are being uh, utilized for medical treatment, medical devices, uh, and and just the medical practice in general, right? So there's a whole lots of layers where the AI and machine learning comes into play. And this machine learning needs a whole lot of data and they need those data to be collected for a very, very long time. Not because, you know, Rohit said, I have a back problem. Can you do some back data for me? And then have it be ready from yesterday, right? We yeah. have to have long-term data collection about uh, a human human body, the, specifically on the back, and sort of like have those break down. Like, you know, what sort of what sort of bone structure do you have? How does that impact your uh, your back? Right. I think one of the guests that came in, they literally said by researching your spine, they're able to understand what sort of disease you're prone to have. Not today, but ten years from now. And what sort of steps should you take in order to prevent that from happening? Because your spine is like a central network that is not your brain, right? But it, your brain literally runs off of that network of spine, 
right? Your spine is what's feeding your whole brain, right? Um, you, 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 you don't have to have a brain. You have to have a spine first, in my opinion, right? Because whatever the, whatever the growth of a brain that comes from a spine <laughs> is the type of brain you will have because your spine is what's feeding all the information to the brain. The brain is a data center. Uh, rest of it is what's actually real, right? Yeah. Um, so uh, with, with, with machine learning and artificial intelligence, uh, you know, we see some things that are just upfront, which is that, you know, give me that device that works in machine learning and AI and has that backing of machine learning data that is well you know, uh, uh, well-structured or, you know, sanitized very well or has mm -hmm. a, a, a good professional subject matter expertise that are helping with the biases and data to capture uh, what, what's happening in the device. But the other side, the far, far spectrum of device is just the research. Like what about those data that cannot produce a hardware? cannot produce a device that you can feel and touch with your hands, right? So uh, I, I, between me and you, like somebody who doesn't uh, uh, work in medical profession, but like somebody like a doctor who's going to be able to say, you know, just from data that is in front of me in the monitor, I'm able to detect you yeah. with whole sorts of uh, problems that you might have as an individual, right? Because there's no device that you need, but you have a human that's able to just look through the data and say, yeah, you know, comparing to uh, like, say, for example, for the babies, they, they have this percentage, right? Uh, how much weight does this baby have? Okay, what percentile are they in, right? Uh, it could be up to 30 percentile, 50 percentile. If you're in a 50 percentile with your um, age group, you know, you're fine. But if you're under 30 or 20, we should be worried about it. But now imagine there's another age group that is not national age group, right? That's like an ethnic age group that will say, yeah, that 20%, that's a national average. This is not 20% in this ethnic group. This is about 70, right? So this kind of information that does not require a device, but requires a statistics and a lot of data collection, um, I think it is, is super important. And what's happening today is that uh, we are getting closer and closer to use this data very fast and rapidly and come up with a conclusion at our decision or a treatment much faster. Um, it It's kind of scary for a lot of people because yeah. people don't understand how can I trust what's being said to me by mm -hmm. somebody who knows this data very well, who researches very well, because I don't understand how an AI or machine learning works. Because the AI machine learning that I know of is a Terminator and Arnold Schwarzenegger, right? Yeah. So, so, so there's a trust missing because they use medical facilities and medical treatment or medical services a lot, but they don't understand it. I mean, that's just medical without AI. Now that you have medical and AI machine learning coming together, holy crap. Right? <laughs> like, well, it's, it's one of those things. It's trust one of those things. Yeah, no, I, I agree with it, but it's one of those things that, okay, are, are we going to become where we become, okay, and you have to really follow me here. Are we, are we coming to an age where we're going to accept AI and AI becomes an appendage, almost like a, an extra arm um, where we become more like cyborgs where Neuralink and, and, and we talked about earlier and you can, and you can elaborate it more on where we can have chips that are, you know, uh, much like a, um, when you, when you chip your dog, 
implanted, yeah. you know, when you chip your dog, but these chips not, are not there just to give you a reader in the address, but these chips actually have uh, proactive, you know, communication where you go back and forth where the other, they just have a reader. These are going to be actually implants that can provide data on the host. And, and, and there's going to be tons of different data, much like you said with the back, there's different types of technology that have built up the data enough to where they know how to analyze our bodies. Now they can measure the, the charge in our brain now to be able to say, okay, we know what, uh, how to take data out from your brain and measure it. Now we can me measure the impulses. No, what, what, what experience do you have with that? Cause I know you have something interesting with, with the implants. What, how, how does that work? Um, honestly, I really don't like, I, the implants is more the livestock, so I can touch on that with the livestock. Like, yeah, 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 um, yeah, that's fine. So basically, like, what you're saying was it, uh, another company I worked for, like, they had a chip system that basically goes into the livestock and it reads their vital signs. And with that, I don't know what it actually directly attaches on because that was actually a good question you brought up before. Like, I was, like, I was still thinking about that. I, I'm going to ask my former boss because I actually saw him recently when I went to Canada. But uh how it how the process works is like basically you're looking at a computer screen and it's just a bunch of vitals so you, as a in a as a normal like an average joe you're not able to read really like vital signs you could be like oh cool lines and then you know this is a terrible joke but like you, you know in the movies <laughs> when they like when they're in a hospital bed it's just flat lines you, that's when you, that's when you're able to read uh uh, <laughs> that's when you're only able to read the vials in my opinion at least for me <laughs> but yeah right uh, that's the one that uh, makes sense <laughs> yeah. it's like if it's not moving then i was like oh that that wait are, is that person yeah. alive but yeah, what, is, there, um, is there beeping going on here what's that beeping guys <laughs> yeah but with like the livestock basically um this system uh contacts doctors right away which is actually really interesting because if you think about it, if you like to go back to your point, if we have a chip system that's implemented into us, doctors would know and like healthcare system, like healthcare providers would know when we're sick before we're sick. For example, maybe if we get chipped, like um, I'll give you like a livestock like example, like um, if a cow is pregnant, the the system will actually call the the nearest doctor. That's why we have to get mobile base stations because we, they need to like. They need like the system will actually automatically like schedule a doctor and stuff like that because in livestock the typically the doctor comes there because we can't really you i mean you can bring a big trailer but like it's it's more rare i mean it's more often that the doctors will come to the farm so if we do that the same thing with the uh humans and stuff like that i honestly think it'd be interesting to see how we do that because if we're doing this livestock if you think about it we're we've evolved from primates we evolved from monkeys we're technically we've like they if they do this same thing with if they do this testing with animals and stuff like that they probably do and they're just like they won't really they're not really telling us but it would be a big in my opinion it'd be a huge ethical issue of like uh i don't know if y'all remember like when they were like everyone was thinking like the covid vaccine was just not even a real vaccine it was just to get everyone microchipped i feel like that would happen again because everyone like even though like when we're talking back like People don't care about privacy. They, I feel like they would care about what we put inside our system and what, um, because right now our phones, we don't really put it in our systems. It's like a, a personal handheld device that we can you, you can stop at any time. But once you put something in our system, it's kind of like uh, like the movies, like Suicide Squad, where they had our um, they like they had 
chips implement implemented the system, and if they if they don't follow the rules, they die. So I feel right. like people oh, are going to wow. be worried. Yeah, yeah. I, I think I think Lucky brought up a good point of how what I understand AI and machine learning should be, and one that I would recommend. Like we're we're on board with about this stuff because like you know if an AI or machine learning is an extension of your body that is not implemented in your body, it's perfect. So you look at Apple Watch, you know, it, it, you put it on, it's able to tell if you're ovulating, if yeah. you have a yeah another person growing inside of you and what sort of body changes are you going through just from your pulse, right? So it's able to do what you just said, which is take it off and it's gone. It's no longer near you. You can go a thousand miles away from it. It's not going to follow you home, right? Um, these kind of technology I'm, I can get behind. And what happens with this kind of technology is that we build a whole lot of data and a whole lot of consensus together if we can do it right. Right. So I, I, I like how Apple has a lot of approach about data privacy um, and, and some of the actions they've taken. Some of the actions that they've taken is really, really bad. Uh, for example, they, they, they pretty much came out and said, we're scanning all the photos that you take in order to understand who you are as a person, what kind of photos you're taking. Um, it, it's really bad because they literally have a profile on you that Facebook will only have a wet dreams about, right? Um, Facebook can nowhere near get to Apple's status of collecting data on you uh, wow. because Apple is literally listening, literally watching you, literally uh, measuring your heartbeat uh, with your Apple Watch uh, and watching how many steps you take a day, everything. Like it has so much data. Um, but this is the type of company that we trust because, you know, we have some sort of understanding, but not a whole lot, but some sort of understanding. And with with this type of technology, the, the data... So at, at this point, we're pretty much talking about a, uh, a, a, a data sensors, right? These are, these are the sensor points where the data is coming from. Now, when you mash them together, you find a data fabric where you use your Apple. You use your Apple phone, Apple uh, hand watch. You got your uh, Apple... Uh, TV, you got your uh, home secured by Apple cameras. You know, oh, you got all sorts of stuff. They're talking about Apple cars. You know, maybe Apple will invent cars soon. Whatever the case is, right? So you have data mesh, the data fabric that you're developing in order to get a full picture of how to give you that good health, a good early detection, if not a good home security, right? Yeah, is your body healthy? We can help you with that. Is your body deteriorating somehow? We can help you with that. Um, or, or if not, you know, do you prefer to keep your home secured? Because, you know, we're able to give you a better home security because all the products are interconnected using the IoT sensors, right? Yeah. Your Apple phone is an I IoT sensor. It has all sorts of sensors built into it in order to collect information and data. And if you combine this data and you develop a machine learning technology and capability, you are able to engage with the customer in a different level of intimacy, right? Mm -hmm. Different level of trust that you build with that. And, and I, I, I see the resistance behind it, but like this podcast is about, it's about to educate people about AI machine learning, both sides of it. There's bad and good, but the bad is bad as long as you don't understand what that bad is. Just like you understand good, so you trust it. Right, but if you don't understand bad, you will always hate bad. Um, yeah, I, I just want to throw that out there because, like, you know, lucky you said, uh, if it's an extension of your body, you have to build it as an extension of your body. 
It has to augment your lifestyle. It has to augment your business process. It has to augment your national security. It has to augment your international relations. Whatever the case is, it has to augment. It has to be an extension of your capabilities rather than to say, well, this thing is a burden. This thing is just ruining my life. You know, I don't know how to frame that properly, but the correct use of AI machine learning is to how an AI machine learning can augment or extend your capabilities. Mm-hmm. You, you know what? I've, I got a, a real, I, I got a, a vision, not really a vision, but I thought about, you know, this, the, the fact that we're having so many things help us and, and help. The honest truth is we live longer now. They said we live longer hundreds of years ago, but now I know f- from statistics, we live longer than we did, you know, 20 years ago because of medical breakthroughs. But what, you guys remember the movie Wally? Have you? Do you guys yeah. What, you, know, you know, so yeah, the world outside of the world being destroyed, but you see the sh- the five, ten shots uh, or minutes of them with the actual living humans living in space, and they are so spoiled because they have AI doing everything for them. They have these alternate worlds. They're everything that we see and project probably being a bad thing the way they made it it was fantastic and at the end we, we end up being these gelatin balls of just human <laughs> flesh that are in a chair that we're all we do is just live in an alternate augmented reality because our real world has been destroyed but getting to the point is that we can get to the point where we either the ai runs us you know or we we just become submissive to the ai or the ai is part of us and we control the ai and who knows the direction but to me for the young generation is to be able to mold that ai and 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 keep that you know where it becomes not we don't become subservient to ai except for it it helps us become a better humanoid version of ourselves and i don't know what that is you know if we're cyborg or if we're not but i just i would hate to see a future where we just are just like the cattle and we're being driven around, led around by AI. And that would be scary. That, yeah. But but that that alien spaceship or not the spaceship, but the, the air uh, spacecraft that they had in uh, Wally was pretty yeah. amazing. I got to say, it's an amazing <laughs> vehicle that they've built to be floating around in space. Yeah. <laughs> um, to add on that, well, I have two things. Actually, I kind of lost my first one. But like, but if you think about like the metaverse, that's kind of the way we're kind of going right now. If you think about it, I know it's like a long shot. Everyone's saying the metaverse. It's like, what the hell is a metaverse? But like, you can buy property there. You can go like one thing. I like I recent I saw this on YouTube recently. Like people are smoking cigs and buying cigs off the metaverse, and just like playing pool and hanging out with people. And like it's basically you just put on goggles and then you escape the reality. Like and I yeah. like last year, um, I walked my friend back to his house. And his roommate was like in his room, right? I tried having a conversation. And I was like, "Hey, this guy's not feeling well. Can you please take care of him?" This guy is in the metaverse, like pretend I'm a goggles. He's like listening to me and playing. And I'm like, "This is the people like that's gonna that's what we're gonna turn into if they don't know yeah. what the hell is happening around them." Like this entire like I honestly think we're part cyborg, even if we're not. Like we don't have anything really embedded in me. But like, if ask this question for me, it's good. like for my generation to be very different. How long can you be without your phone? If you can't be like there are people with that can't be with their phone, like yep. almost like 10, 15 minutes. Yep. If you think about that, like a definition of like a cyborg, it's like, yeah, you have like artificial intelligence in, in like engraved into your system. But if you can't be with your like mobile device for like 10 to 15 minutes, 
can't you be technically part cyber because you're not you're so used to like having mm-hmm. something around you and it's like it basically like i would say mm-hmm. um if you guys are interested in this book by the way uh there's this book called the age of dopamine like age of dopamine is, and this quote hits me like so uh, uh basically i'm a preceptor for like a uh, discussion class and I, I and one of those quotes like hit me the quote was when we're bo- when like people are bored we're on their we're on our phones because if you think about it like at least my generation like whenever there's nothing to do like i'll hang out my friends and there we have no conversation or anything what do they do they look at their phones they could just do anything on their phones but like they're so invested that's like their third life like i remember uh what was the game from the office where dwight was playing in like second life or something <laughs> that's our phone like there's so many apps where you could just basically do that and it's at some point it's like when wow. is enough enough that, that's a, that's a, that's like a sub layer of consciousness that wasn't there before, and it's kind of like ignorance is bliss. You know, it, it doesn't matter because as long as we're just zoned out, that's another level of consciousness. And they don't care what they don't care if they're lost because ignorance is bliss. And a lot of people live that way, and that's scary, but it's very true. And I'm sorry, I didn't mean um, to interrupt you, Asit. No, no, no. I, 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 I'm, I'm fascinated by this conversation because. We're, we're not really talking about technology here so much. We're talking about more of the principles and ethics and this, this, this morality behind what it is like to be a human and how do you value human capacities and human lives and you know all sorts of ways I'm going about this conversation. And that's what it means to have technology. Like, is a technology a platform to give rise to all the things you need in life or is it a technology to take things away from you uh, and, and and leave you with blank, right? Leave you with meaning, like leave you with a meaning that has nothing to do with you, right? That meaning that you have is meaning that you have through social media, right? So, so you know, some of the things that you have described, somebody's meaning of life is through their social media friendship, yeah. and social media followers, social media activities. Um, like you talked about somebody buying something and hanging out in a VR world, they're talking about buying outfit, right? You can buy your Nike for your avatar. You can buy your Nike shoes for your avatar and then use that avatar to go into cool places where people will see, oh, you're wearing Nike? Well, I beat you to the punch, brother, because I got something fancier than Nike. And these are all avatars. Somebody literally wrote a code on how to put a logo on a shoe, right? These are not even being made in uh, child labor uh, uh, facilities over factories over in Vietnam or something like that, right? So, 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 the, I think I went off track a little bit, but I want to go back to that meaning of what it is that you're trying to accomplish through your phone. So it's, it's technology that takes you away from uh, the time that you have in this earth as a human and the space that you occupy. Um, what, what What is the meaning of that? What is the meaning of the time that you spend here and the space that you occupy as a person? Because, of course, once you disappear, you no longer occupy a space above the ground. You're underground, Right. Or you shoot yourself up to the space, which I think is cool as hell that, you know, you, you just shoot yourself up to the way to the Mars, right? And, and that's going to happen sooner or later. But going back to that meaning of it, that time and space that you occupy, you know, you're, you're not having any meaning behind it. Now, I want to get to the positive of everything I just said negatively, right? Space and time that you occupy in this real world, um, in, in my office, I don't have access to so many other places that I can be right now uh, physically. 
but through virtual reality or AR, the augmented reality, I can actually visit those places without really leaving my house, right? So the space and time still continues here, but I'm utilizing the space and time much more meaningfully. As in, I'm able to engage to uh, take more into my um, um, the, the meaning of whatever it is the space and time provides me. Right. So the meaning could be that, you know, I'm in social media buying shoes or I'm in VR world uh, having conversations with people that are like you guys. Right. This is me in a space and time that I'm in the office. I'm having a conversation with Rohit about something very meaningful and something very productive. Right. Helps me through my life, if not today, definitely tomorrow. Right. Um, so I, I'm trying to spin it to the positive with the VR, with all this other technology. But it's about how you use the technology rather than technology itself is the bad one, right? And then this technology has an uh, uh, a, a, another side to it, which is the data, right? So we didn't build technologies for the sake of technology. We built the technology in order to feed data into it and have the data come out of it, right? It's a feedback loop. Right. We don't create the, the engineers love talking about feedback loop. Right. Engineers will never create something that has half a feedback. It has to have a feedback loop. Whatever goes in must come out. Right. So everything in this universe has a feedback loop. So if you develop a technology that has a feedback loop to it and the data is going in, data has to come out. Yeah. So you have a control as a technology user to put that data out. How do you do it? It's up to you. Right. Uh, a lot of people are doing technology, uh, advancing of technology by sharing knowledge through technology, right? So we're developing more technology using old technology, and we will continue using this technology just like we have for thousands of years. Um, speaking of a book, I just want to throw this out there. 21 Rules to Live By in 21st Century by Yuval Noah Harari, right? Anything you read from Yuval Noah Harari will blow you away. But these podcasts, literally everything we're talking about is is literally described in 21 Rules to Live by in 21st Century. Nice. Um, we talked. We talked about. Uh, we talked about you know sensors that are able to read uh, our body. Um, um, vitals. Called? Vitals. Our vitals. Yeah. Our vitals. Uh, we're talking about technologies that are helping us to communicate. So so all these things have space and time built into it how do you occupy that space and how do you use that time has to have some meaning behind it and i just want to end with the last piece of it this is the most important part of it rohit and uh all the key use cases that you provided and all the use cases that i can think of it all comes down to a decision to make it meaningful or not how do you make it meaningful as a decision process that you have to go through Right. So when I advocate for AI machine learning, what I'm actually advocating is for decision science. Right. Uh, decision science has been around for uh, 50 some years in academic world. But of course, as a human being, we're a subject matter expert in making decisions because that's all we have done all our lives. Right. Um, Lucky knows this. I've mentioned it many, many times. If you calculate how many decisions you make a day, you make about 31,000 decisions a day. Yeah. So if you're not a subject matter expert in decisions making, nobody is because you've made so many decisions all your life already, right? Every 24 hours, you make average of 31,000 decisions. Um, so decisions to make it meaningful or not to make it meaningful, it's not up to technology. It's up to the person who's utilizing, te utilizing that technology, right? Um, to make it meaningful, you have to have a decision. And I think one of the things that I mentioned earlier about a bubble that we create uh, with social media 
it, it's what is deteriorating right now is our capability of making those decisions. It's, it's deteriorating our decision-making capabilities to a point that we no longer have the control over the decisions we make because somebody else is creating those decision-making capabilities for us. We are still making decisions. Don't get me wrong. Just because you're in social media and you commit a crime, you do not get punished uh, because social media made you do it, right? Social media doesn't go to prison. You do. So you still have the decision-making capability. It's just that somebody else is controlling your decision-making capability, right? And again, Yuval Noah Harari describes it far better than I can, but you don't have an hour to listen to Yuval Noah Harari. It's longer than that. So within an hour, within 10 minutes, I'll try to explain it to my best capabilities possible, is that you as a human being, you have the decision-making capability, but the meaning behind everything you do is coming from your decision-making capabilities, right? Um, don't get me wrong, like that's not the only steps there, right? Uh, just like an artificial intelligence that we're developing, which is mimicking our human brain, uh, it has to go through a process of identifying, labeling, and making decisions. Yeah. Right. So I will I will get you a little bit deeper into the psychology of social media or all the things that they have researched in order to manipulate our decision making capability. Is not by targeting decisions, but rather targeting the labeling capabilities. So if a system uses five senses, it will identify, it will label, and it will make a decision. And that decision, like I said, 31,000 times a day, gives you the awesome ability to be an adult predictability machine. <laughs> because more decisions you make, more predictability you can, you can achieve, right? Um, but if, if social media is not targeting your decision-making capability, it's targeting your labeling capability. It's telling you how to label what's cool and what's not, what's hot, what's not, what's something, what's not, right? Like what's what's awesome and what's not. So these labeling capabilities, it's what's being targeted, not your decision-making capability. But through the labeling, you make decisions. And AI machine learning does exactly that. It gets really good at identifying using computer vision, computer sound, um, computer audios, and tactile senses and you know, taste and smell senses, right? Uh, it gets really good at identifying, but it doesn't have a good, good, reliable data to label it properly. So as it labels it, now it's able to train itself to make decisions by human reinforcement learning or human supervised learning, right? Um, so these three steps that machine goes through, we do that since the day we were born. We just learn it over time because we've been given that opportunity to learn over time. Right. But yeah. for an AI machine learning, people are like, no, you got to learn that by tomorrow because I don't have time to raise you for the next hundred days. We've only been given the budget for one day. <laughs> yeah. I'm just joking. But the point is, labeling is what's being targeted, and labeling is very important in machine learning, but it's also in our psyche um, for, in, for, for our ability to make decisions. And when, when people are targeting our ability to label, which is a language that we use to label things, we start labeling things wrong. We start labeling things poorly. Um, like you said, your friend that couldn't even talk because they're in VR, he's not able to communicate because he's not really labeling this as an importance, right? If he if he was able to label that as an importance, he would make a decision to put that VR down, like, let me help this guy out who I live with. I might regret the decision of this gentleman here dying right in front of me while I was in the VR, right? Decision-making capability deteriorates because our labeling uh, has a poor language behind it.
Mm-hmm. Or, or, or the, the consciousness, the human in the loop didn't really care about his friend at that moment. <laughs> He's like, yeah, I, I, I'm processing, but yeah, it's not a critical uh, action at the moment. <laughs> I got to finish this mission first. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but, but, um, oh, sorry, you want... oh, No, go ahead, go ahead. Oh, I mean, I was going to say, like, just to end, like, end the note, like, when we're talking about AIs and, like, social media and stuff, I think one of the biggest problems is how you were raised because like for example like i know like my my parents are like we don't really talk about social media like our like my family friends like that's how like one time my parents took away my phone for like five six months and i realized the importance of like hey maybe i don't need to be on my phone that much so like i i average like two like two two and a half three hours <laughs> but like it's i've seen people where like we were actually having this conversation yesterday where like like um like parents are so like used to their phone like the phone that they it translates to the their kids like for example like if i'm having a conversation with a steven he's my dad and i'm just trying to have a conversation what if he's on my phone he's like cool cool then when you get older you're like oh my parents can I, like my parents do that why can't i if they're successful and they're doing that and they're always on their phone not really listening why can't i do this and it's like kind of the psychology we're in right now it's like because mm-hmm. it's like we are always like how we are is how our parents were and um just to end like one more note one thing i actually found interesting recently was so a lot of this like companies bring in psychologists like for example um i wish i really had a better example but like they like with this instagram feature like now you can swipe to the left and then go to the like you can now post on stories and stuff like that once you swipe to the left they bring in psychologists to like say, and they read the, like they first people read the data and then they bring in a psychologist saying, hey, the data says this, how can we fix our ads? And that's how like other other fields are actually getting incorporated into artificial intelligence. They're not like directly um, getting involved in artificial intelligence, but like they'll get the uh, recommendations and all the data, and then they'll bring in a third party, be like, hey, this is what our data says from our, like, um, for our, from our AI how can you help us and that's how we're slowly getting like that's how like things like this are getting bigger because the data is there but we can only process the data they need someone else to just like connect the bridge together well before before i knew social media i knew about oreos right uh cookies (laughs) and cheetos they're 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 made to taste in a certain way so that way your next yeah. bite is good as the first bite. <laughs> you got the Oreo. You got to share it. You got to send it cyber, through the cyber real quick. Please. Uh, it, it's a study. There's a, there's a psychologist that comes into play to say, you know, you are good at making food, but this is how you make your food for the brain. So the brain literally loses itself in order to take the next bite until it's like literally have no capability to feed the body anymore. Right. So, so social media, look, I'm, I'm, I'm negatively portraying social media, even though I know the positive side of social media. And the White House literally had a 16, uh, a 16 uh, panel conversation about, you know, what social media is doing, how it's negatively impacting to the youth population, how our psychology is changing, uh, excuse me, how our psyche is changing because of social media and how we are growing as a nation and how that will impact us in the future. Uh, look, we, we, we can go through it all day long for many, many podcasts. Uh, but what we have to come up with is a solution because that's not one problem. That's a layers of problem because I don't think you want to live in a world without social media, right? I don't think I do. 
even though I don't use social media, but I, I don't want to live in a world that doesn't have social media. I need that. I need to have social media exist. So that way we have that cohesiveness that we didn't have before, right? Mm-hmm. Because yeah. human history is trials and errors. So, um, you know, again, Yuval Noah Harari will teach you all the history you need and some more because he goes into some detail. You're like, I didn't need to know that, but I'm glad I know, right? Um, so it's that need for social media that we have. It's very important. We have it. We had the taste for it. Now, just like Oreo, we're not quitting anytime soon. And yeah. I still have Oreo in my pantry, bro. <laughs> 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 um I want to. I want to end with a good note here. Is that artificial intelligence and machine learning will be the power that makes social media do good for us rather than do bad for us, right? So, Wally situation that happened, where humans have decided that they want to become a a a gooey like creature that is being fed through a machine without any muscle activity. (laughs) It's only possible if we decide that that's the meaning of life is, right? So artificial intelligence and machine learning can create beautiful products of arts and beautiful inspirational things for us to to be inspired for and use our muscles actually rather than become this gooey uh, space traveling fellas, right? Uh, Sitting on a machine. In bag. Skin bags. That's right. That's right. So, so you know, the, the, but even in the movie Wally, there is somebody who's intelligent enough to know the history, intelligent enough to know what the future is like, intelligent enough to know how to control a ship and how to keep the crew in place. Right? Crews are AI, but the humans are still involved. It's just that one human is involved, not all of them. <laughs> and what we want to do is expand that one to many. Right, uh, because more people are involved in AI machine learning, more decision making capability will come out of it. More meaning will provide to it based on these inspirational uh, uh, AI machine learning output, rather than to say, you know, let the AI do everything. I just want to have Oreos for the rest of my life. Good decision, you know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm done with that. <laughs> so we're an hour to hour point at this point. So you know. Um, Great conversation can only last for so long, right? Uh, after that, we got to go back to reality. <laughs> so, um, any departing thought, Rohit? Um, I guess, yeah, since we've been like kind of talking bad about social media, I'll just say one good note of social media because it's happened to me recently. It connects with it connects you with your family. Like, for example, I don't really have a lot of family in the United States. Um, like my, my family is all in India, and we have like a WhatsApp chat that we all like stay together in. So, like, since we've been talking really bad about social media, I just want to, like, like my departing thought is we, like, I, I like this podcast because, like, we talk about the bads of social media, but, like, there's always a good social media, for example, staying in touch with, like, relatives and um, people like that. Like, for example, I've, I'm in Arizona and I'm, my friends are in Delaware. Uh, sometimes, like, I might just hop on Instagram, send him a meme or something, and be like, hey, I'm alive. It's just that busy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. That, and, that, and that's fantastic. You know, and you bring up a good point. You know, it, it, back in the day, and I'll keep it short, we were all decentralized. Before we had computers and, and everything was internet connected, it was, we were all disconnected and we were, um, we were we would all have our ideas, but at the end of the day, we didn't know what they were. We just kind of kept them to ourselves. Now with the internet, 
it's become suggestive now that we all move in herds now. We're all connected. We're all we're all linked in. And if that's a good thing, great. And if it's a bad thing, you know, who knows? But it comes down to this thing that everyone and that compared to what they say, an old saying, you know, and I think Denzel Washington said it, you know, uh, he said it. And that's the only reason I remember it is, you know, and he's talking about the news, but you can relate it to social media where if if you're don't listen to the news, you're mis, you're not informed. And if you listen to the news, you're misinformed. And that really applies to social media now, because it's like it's not what the truth is. It's just who provides the information first. And that really can convolute and create issues. So who knows how it's going to end up? But at the end of the day, you're right. Social media media does bring us together. I get messages from my mom every single day. Son, I love you. You know, she could call me, but now I get it in a text and we go through about four texts, four text messages between us every morning. And that's just enough to say, hey, you know, get that heartbeat. I love you. And then she goes through her life. Social media works great. She sends me pictures. You know, that's the benefit of social media. So, you know what? Um, I, I want to thank you for being on our show today. You're a great representative of technology. And I really I'm really, really excited about seeing someone like you being able, or at least on the helm, being able to help the generation understand what this new technologies are going to be. And, and thank you for being on our podcast today. You're yeah, fantastic. Thank you for inviting me. Yeah. Thank you. Rohit. Ay, 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 ay. <laughs> Got me pumped up, brother. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys. Thank you so much. <laughs>